Welcome to Franchise Killer, a podcast where we pick movie franchises or wannabe franchises, review them film by film, and see where things went wrong. All right, mate. Eh. All right, bruv. <laughs> bruv. Was that bruv. Robin? I don't know who it was. <laughs> I don't, what? No, I think it was closer to the uh, that bad dude that they send after him. Uh, at yeah. one. He had a very Cockney accent thing going on. Oh, that guy. Gloucestershire. No, Gisborne. Gisborne was his name. By the way, most pathetic fight in the movie, by the way. He follows them down into this tunnel and then he gets punched a couple times and that's it. Yep. More or less. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I, but no, you're you're onto something that I never realized. His name, his full name is Guy of Gisborne. Guy of Gisborne. <laughs> what is cool, that? Cool name. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I'm Reese. Across me we have... David. To his left... Irina. To my right, two dogs yet again. And uh, seems a little strange that Noah seems to be missing out on our... Excellent uh, movies, best movies. The best movies that we cover. Uh, but yeah, he is not going to be here. He claims to be sick. My goodness. What oh, is, oh. You're just throwing so much shade right now. <laughs> Leave it be. He is. He probably is sick. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It's just uh, some of us had to endure... <laughs> Whereas others did not. Um, so I'll just... <laughs> what are you talking about? This is a great movie. No, yeah. I, I'm not going to say... Yeah. It, it's not the worst thing we've talked about. But it's it's a, it's a something, is what I'll say. And uh, sporting a pleather suit, a nice businessman-like side-parted haircut, and calling himself the Sheriff of Nottingham, we have... H.A. Hey, <laughs> and the movie we're talking about... This morning, today, tonight, whenever you may be listening, is Robin Hood. Not that Robin Hood. The 2018 edition. The one directed by Otto Bathurst, who... This is his sole directorial credit for a feature film. Uh, He was also involved in... He's more involved in television. You'll know him from... Directing a few episodes of Peaky Blinders, a few episodes. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. A couple episodes of that Halo TV show that came out this past year, uh, Criminal Justice. He directed an episode of Black Mirror, and a few episodes of that uh, TV show, uh, His Dark Materials. All of these, I feel like, are actually not bad. I like. Side note: Why is it that people just bring in a director for one episode of anything? Like, hey, we really just don't have any of the directors that were doing the rest of this, so we need a guest director. Yeah, you're not talking to the right person about that. I've always wondered how how shows are just able to slot in directors for certain episodes and they all coalesce together without their own individual vision. Yeah, I don't it's know, weird, man. but they they do it. TV shows just work different. It's a different machine. Uh, yeah, I think we unofficially what you would call a director of a tv show is the showrunner mm. the overseer of it and directors sometimes the showrunner will come in to direct an episode but in the tv show's case i think a director is more a cog in the machine versus the like orchestrator of everything mm. yeah. so it, it's weird like i, I don't kind of well, like we need someone to fill this space right now yeah. and, and some so they do direct they do bring in some more competent directors for certain episodes where they need something executed to perfection like game of thrones comes to mind where they'd always have like alan taylor doing the big battle sequences because mm. he would know how to orchestrate okay. them um but yeah, TV shows are a different game. Well, but I, th- I think of directors as having kind of like a stamp that has a, a very specific look to it. And that being like the cinematography and, and music and everything. Whereas it's like for Black Mirror, for example, if he comes in and directs that, 
yeah. it's not going to be his stamp, right? It's just going to be... Black Mirror is a different case. I think Black Mirror, each it's an anthology, and each episode is honestly a... It is kind of more individualistic to mm. that what that director is able to do. But I do think they have to operate within the parameters of you got to do something weird in X Files ish, yeah. not X Files, but it, well, it you has know to what I mean. Or fit the aesthetic Twilight Zone. Like, there's a yeah. canon for what you have to execute. In yeah, it. yeah. But say for something like How I Met Your Mother, David, that's probably more like, all right, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> oh gosh, no, man! If you ask me, five years ago, I'd know both of the directors, but I'm, you I'm, would, I, yeah, that's impressive. Or the showrunners, at least. Well, they're the two guys who wrote and directed it. Okay. Um, but they were two best friends, and then it's based on their life. David's C- Tom, one of David's favorite uh, Craig, shows? Tom Craig, Tom Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me let me. I know. No, it's, you, we don't need to verify. I, we this. need it's to know fine. this. No, we don't. I don't think we need to know. I this. think he feels. I he do. Needs to know this. Okay. Well, anyway, to sum up, I think Otto Bathurst is a competent television director. Uh, the jury is currently still out on whether he can uh, competently helm feature films. Uh, the movie stars Taron Edgerton, Jamie Foxx, Ben Mendelsohn, Eve Hewson, and Jamie Dornan. The t- Honestly, the top three stars in this are pretty impressive for a type of movie like this. Obviously, Taron Edgerton of Kingsman fame and uh, Eddie the Eagle and uh, Rocketman. And we have Jamie Foxx, who's been in numerous movies. I, th- I think he's an Academy Award winner, actually, at this point. For that, didn't he win for that movie? Ray, sure, had, had to have. I think he did. And then Ben Mendelsohn, obviously, like everyone's favorite villain in numerous roles. Yeah, uh, I was just uh, listening to a podcast go over a bunch of different movies, and they were just talking about Ben Mendelsohn in it. Uh, can you do you know what movie? Force Awakens. No, no, no I mean Rogue One. No. Uh, just tell me. Oh, uh, it, uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. There I forgot go. he was in that. It, it Was that your anecdote? I mean, it was just weird to me because I was listening to that and then I was like, oh, I should probably research this movie because um, <laughs> I was uninspired. And so I listened to it and it, within five minutes, I heard Ben Mendelsohn's name on two different wow. things. So it was just w- weird. Eva Houston, though, the the uh, Maid Marian in this, uh, can you guess who she's related to? You're not going to guess, but I'm just for funsies. Uh, bon Jovi. You're actually me, not. Me too. You're actually not far away, and AJ, you're correct. It is Bono's uh, daughter. Oh, yeah, from U two. Uh, so I when was you said Bon Jovi, re- I was really close. I know. Actually. I was like, oh, started with Bon, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, you then I would have just thought he researched, but it I hadn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the movie was written by Ben Chandler and Jane, uh, David James Kelly, and the story was by Ben Chandler. So for those that are new to this show, on this podcast, we first go over our thoughts on the film before revisiting it for the episode. Then we dive into the story, break it down bit by bit, and talk about the more significant moments. Then towards the end of the show, we give our brief reviews and numbered scores, along with an analysis on the health of the franchise and whether or not this film hurt it. So, AJ, I'm going to, before throwing it over to you, or I am throwing it over to you, but before you go into your history with this movie, uh, this is your... New the the first entry in your new mini series, and uh, do you have a title or a description of your mini series for us? Yeah, so just uh, you know, mind the cheese here a little bit. I wanted to do a little bit of globe trotting, some different cultures. So uh, we're exploring hoods and different hoods. <laughs> so 
Nice. Um, and then this one kind of gets us started out, you know, somewhat, I don't know, maybe spiritually closer to home. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne was always kind of, you know, cool since the Matrix and hmm. Cuba Gooding Jr. You know, it portrayed a lot of stuff that, you know, he's still a learning experience. Time um, out. Even though, like, California was always kind of a foreign area for me, I guess. Um, L.A. and, you know, going growing up in that kind of life, I guess. Oh. But, yeah. Boys in the Hood was just kind of a, a cultural <laughs> awakening for me, I think. Yeah, it's kind of funny that... <laughs> I'm just going to say, for one, we didn't watch uh, Boys in the Hood. We watched Robin Hood. And I thought we were all on the right page since you were the one that told us to watch this movie. Uh, but I guess we were mistaken. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Uh, that's a better one. <laughs> uh, that, that was uh, good. Had, had you seen uh, Robin Hood, the 2018 yeah, version? Before? 2018. No, I think I saw a trailer. But uh, just kind of exploring this theme this series came across and was like wait they made a more recent robin hood in 2018 with jamie fox uh so i watched it for for this episode for the first time i no i i saw it at that time oh to see if it was even even worth you know talking about interesting Uh, okay so we're talking about it (laughs) uh david how about you no, definitely not. And <laughs> definitely not. Oh, the weird thing is, I hadn't even heard of this movie. Like, where was the marketing team? Where were they? Yeah, all I all I remember, I do remember the trailers for this, but they were very like it was a whole bunch of like heart hardcore parkour, like uh archery. Like uh, that's all I remember about it. It's just a <laughs> bunch of arrows flying willy-nilly and then the title screen Robin Hood. Like, and I was like, okay. Cool. <laughs> you don't remember a single trailer from this, David? No, I really I went and rewatched the trailer and nothing. All right. Uh Irina, how about you? I don't remember a trailer, but I do vaguely remember a scenario where we were talking Robin Hoods and someone was mentioning, Oh, which one? I was like, What do you what do you mean which one? <laughs> and that's how I found out there was another more recent one you know there's a number of which ones by the way yeah no there (laughs) there are but um i i just never thought that we would have to do a which one on robin hood yeah i i just feel like that's a story that's already so familiar that people would want to move on to something else yeah i can think of five off the top of my head yeah so you have the errol flynn original you have the Disney Robin Hood. That's the one I think of. With the foxes. You have the... Men in tights. Yeah. Oh, six <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah. yeah, men in tights. Then you have the Kevin Costner. Then you have the Russell Crowe. And then you have this one. Eh, yeah. Anyway. It's weirdly, like, been done. I, A I lot. Com- yeah, I compare it to King Arthur, honestly, where it's it's yeah, one of those... Very, very similar. Yeah. It's one of those stories that just keeps... On given evolving, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> evolving. It's, That's it's got, one word for it's it. It's got a lot of uh, you know <laughs> less than concrete history, and it's kind of adapted over time. And yeah. there's been many takes on it, many iterations. So this instance has happened to me twice. The mm-hmm. first time was I didn't know there was a Russell Crowe Robin Hood, 
<laughs> and so I was talking so about the Kevin Costner one. I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen Robin Hood. That was like very nostalgic for me growing up. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, uh, you know, like Kevin Costner. And they said, no, the new one, like with Russell Crowe. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then again, I was actually talking about the Russell Crowe one this time. And they said, no, not that one. Like the the new one the 2018 one or whatever. And so it's, I don't know. I've had a couple waves of just being blindsided by this Robin Hood thing. Yeah. And Reese, as you said, you uh, had not. I had not. Yeah, I had not seen this movie. I had heard of it. It, It's one of those things where I was just, for me, the Russell Crowe movies seemed so still so recent. And I was not in the mood to see another interpretation of Robin Hood this soon. I don't think anyone was. Like, it was just... I don't know who was asking for this. Like, just because you have... Well, this was my mindset when this original... So you do remember out. this theatrical release? I do remember the, the theatrical release. I just remember thinking, like, okay, guys, too soon. You know? Like, it, it's... Well, this guy had a different take on it, because it's the legend you know, but the story you don't. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, Gosh, well, I'm sorry we haven't gotten into it, but yeah, I we'll, hate we'll, that. We'll intro. talk about that. I just remember being like, for one, like if Russell Crowe and Ridley Scott can't pull off the perfect Robin Hood movie, then how is Otto Bathurst gonna do it? But we'll get it. And I haven't seen the Russell Crowe Robin Hood in a while, so maybe that movie holds up better, and I'll, I'll enjoy it a lot. We're there, talking about it. Yeah, there's a director's cut, so and I remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so of course that, it is. It's a Ridley Scott movie. Yeah, exactly. And I will be watching that director's cut, but. Are we ready to move on? Sure. David, you want to give us that quick call to action? Yeah, bruv. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Franchise Killer Podcast. And I'm all just out here from Liverpool or somewhere in the UK. Just coming out here to let you, you mean, know. You uh, mean Sydney, Australia? Is that where <laughs> is that where Taron Egerton is from? Edgerton? Yes. <laughs> He's no. not from Australia. <laughs> He's not from Australia, is he? Is uh, that what I need to pull out here? Welcome to Franchise Killer, everybody. Oh, All right. Boy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for that. <laughs> I've said welcome to Franchise Killer already. We're, we're good on that. Hey, you can just go straight into the call to action. All right, everybody. Give us a five-star review. Do it. I'm going to chop your hands off. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> uh, thanks. So you didn't... You didn't say, or I will chop your hands off. You just said, I'm going to chop so, your hands off. <laughs> so, uh, translation, uh, if you enjoy listening to us, which I, I hope you do after that. Um, bollocks. Bo- bollocks. Uh, I, I hope you do. Uh, please do take the 30 seconds out of your day to go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening to your podcasts and uh, give us a good review give us a five star it really does help lift us up in the ranks and uh, push the algorithm further in our favor uh we do very much appreciate it for all the uh time and effort we put into making these episodes happen and gathering people scheduling and uh, taking the time out of our days to you know do all this uh would be much appreciated uh thank you and goodbye i don't know why i said goodbye but and episode, the episode listening. moves on. <laughs> um, this time we're going to have AJ take it away with the story since it's his mini series. AJ, you want to give us that plot? This is the story of a thief. You wanted to steal. Now's your time. 
He stole from the rich and gave to the poor. What else you got? I call him Robin Hood. It's got a nice ring to it, don't you think? One thing keeps the sheriff in power. The money. I want to hit the treasury itself. How would you do it? Set up a meeting. Everyone is with us. Rob! How did you know it was me? You called out of disguise? Well, it fooled everybody else! This is suicide. The danger's what makes it fun. Can't you see? You inspire the people. This is our crusade! Too many of them. What, for you and me? There's not enough. A thousand pounds for the man who brings me hot! This is not gonna end well. Lord Robin of Loxley, an aristocrat and an English longbow master, lives in Nottingham and enjoys a good life with his lover Marion before he is drafted by the corrupt Sheriff of Nottingham to fight in the Third Crusade against the Saracens. After four years away from England, Robin becomes disillusioned with the Crusades when he fails to prevent his commander, Guy of Gisborne, from executing unarmed prisoners, including a teenage boy, despite the pleading of the boy's father, which prompts Gisborne to send Robin back home under accusations of treasonous conduct. When he returns to Nottingham, Robin learns from his old friend Friar Tuck that the sheriff had him officially declared dead two years prior in order to seize his land and wealth to continue funding the war effort at the behest of the corrupt Cardinal Franklin, exiling the citizens from the city and into the coal mine across the river. Investigating the slags, which is the, the coal mine area, Robin witnesses the commoners planning to rise against the government that oppresses them and learns that Marion is now involved with their aspiring leader, Will Tillman. Robin is prevented from making contact with her by the prisoner whose son he tried to save. The man then introduces himself as Yahya, which he says can be translated to John, and proposes that he and Robin work to end the war by stealing back the money taken from the people to fund the church's conflict. Marion seeks Robin upon learning, learning that he is alive, but he's advised by John not to tell her of his plans for her own protection. I like how uh, the first... It, it, this movie opens on a narration and, and kind of actually cool illustrations opening it up that kind of a uh, bookend this movie, but it's Taron Edgerton doing this kind of uninspired line delivery it, it narrated form saying, I could bore you with the history, but I won't do that. It, it's like, I think it's actually supposed to be Friar Tuck because when we're it? just, when we were watching it just now, it had okay. uh, the name of the I person saying it. All Cockney accents are the same. <laughs> Um, but I just found that so funny because this is very much an origin story. Which yeah, is, yeah. It is technically the the history of Robin Hood, how he came to be. Yep. Um, it was a little tryhard. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to shake things up off the bat and, you know, dispel. There was something that we, I think, covered recently that was pretty similar and was like, forget what you know about this story. This is the real story or something like that. I think... And a lot of this really gives me vibes of uh, directed Aladdin, the new the live Guy action. Ritchie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this reminds no. me of Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. I have this. I have this all sprinkled throughout my notes that yeah, the, these movies very much mirror one another. That, but I think Guy Ritchie did a much more I don't know oh, yeah, interesting absolutely. job of 
I feel like this was like an attempt to re- recapture right. Guy Ritchie's style and flair, maybe with a little bit of uh, Romeo and Juliet, the Leo DiCaprio one. Are, are we talking yeah. Legend like of the Sword? Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that movie at least had, like, I think the this movie would have been so much assisted by just a score that was more propulsive and interesting to listen to. That would have mm-hmm. upped it at least like two points. Just give me. Just yeah. up the aesthetics, and maybe I'm more on board. This is one of those movies that would operate better with just better. Right. I don't know. It, um, it, you know, it tries to shake up things. It, it recenters this plot by having Robin in this like almost modern urban combat setting, but with longbows in the middle of you know yeah. tight city streets and the Crusades and yeah. By the way, before so before it, before we get to that, I I did want to comment on just how hilarious it is that they set up his romance with Maid Marian. It's just, hey, did you know that intimate kissing in multiple different areas and scenes means wow, they have a real so connection. They're so in yeah. love. And then they <laughs> like, they they flip around so that they're facing the other direction, and then they yeah. do it again and stare at each other. She pins <laughs> them with a longbow. That that happened. Uh, it's uh, so good. Well, there's zero character development, unfortunately, in this beginning because I really like Taron Edgerton, yeah. and he's not. I would argue he's not even bad in this movie. Yeah. I think that what he's working around is difficult. Yeah. To say <laughs> the least. Yeah. Uh, mainly Marion for most of the movie. It's and and I don't even want to put shade on that actress. I think she's just written horribly. No, no, her character's not great. You mean, yeah. What are you you're talking yeah. about the lamp that was in this movie? It's <laughs> I, I wouldn't call her necessarily a lamp. She does oh, tie things together. But her her character is almost like you feel like it was written by a person who's like this is this is the ideal woman you know she's a little bit fiery she she gives to the poor but she's also super hot and she has some nice eyeliner too and full lips oh this and she's movie, like super into the main guy this movie is full what? on CW cast <laughs> where it is like oh for sure yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she starts out as being the one that's, you know, stealing the nobles, uh, the rich person's horse, and it just happens to be that the, the stable hand is actually yeah, Robin, yeah. The, the lord. Yeah. Um, but she's, you know, masked and veiled, and she's the, the rebel. Instead of your traditional damsel in distress, she's the one taking action. Yeah. You know, so they're trying to upturn things right off the bat there. But yeah, the, the whole romance and chemistry is just mm. like, this is... <laughs> just so on the nose it's so just- yeah. surface level like basic like th- yeah but yeah now, as i want to say something about the costume designing too is like there's so much so many elements throughout the movie but especially in their relationship where they're mm-hmm. they're wearing different cuts of things and fabrics that are you know i'm going to use this throughout this review quite quite heavily but anachronistic mm-hmm. like they're you can do anachronistic storytelling but it, this is just like hodgepodge all over the place. Oh yeah, well, Legend no. of the Sword so that, did it right. It's it, it, it does, but it actually had a continuity and a yeah, mesh and exactly. motifs. This is just like oh hodgepodge. Let's pick this and that and that. Oh, that that'd be cool. Yeah, but some, now it's too traditional. Now let's do it modern. Yeah, like Jamie Foxx's wear seems like straight off like the Target rack, and some yeah. of the other people have like actually legitimately. Oh yeah, you look like a ruffian, or you look like a like a peasant, legitimately, and then. I, okay, look, it's the point being the point being with that is it doesn't help seal the chemistry between them. 
you're only expected that they're you know together because they're both attractive actors or whatever yeah mm-hmm. uh, that are you know spinning around to each other and whatever yeah uh but to to that action scene that you're to, or the fir- the opening action sequence here like it's hurt locker meets storming normandy like it's like uh, uh no 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 black hawk down that's what you're thinking well i was thinking about you in Normandy, you have the situation where the gunners up at oh, the, like t- the, the, ta- the, the turret yeah. towers where they're just like raining down hell. And yeah. by the way, these arrows are like artillery. <laughs> fire. Like, it's 50 like, caliber. Yeah. 50 caliber right there. Uh, yeah. It's it's an interesting, t- like, okay, I admire that you're you're really leaning into this. The the arrow or, or the, the bow and arrows are treated like rifles. Like mm-hmm. they, they check their, their, their they do the, the rifle turns in the hallways like, like yeah. but but with clearing their arrows. Yeah, clearing your yeah, yeah. <laughs> your fire squad and stuff like that but they're using long bows in close quarters <laughs> which is just absurd it is so that was the I, biggest I the stylistic question I had choice to. yeah I, I get the stylistic choice to modernize the weapons and and stuff yeah it just it, the ambition is great it was just not executed well mm-hmm. yeah yeah let's try, say that. trying to like trying to find a actual handheld uh, like blade is like oh where's waldo in yep. this movie like well, everyone has reese you and i were talking about that i think in that when we were watching it last night where they were all fighting and we're like no one would do this it makes no sense tactically and like and then all of a sudden one guy pulls out a knife like ah oh, there he is there he is yeah the one guy's gonna survive this whole thing yeah but yeah the, the whole fight feels like it's taking place in like 2005 Iraq like it, it's crazy <laughs> yeah AJ did you have a it sound like you were trying to chime in there for a second no I mean yeah you have to see it to understand like there's a, an element of this style could have worked if it was massaged down and you know refined and they actually had an over you know overall tying motif that held this stuff together uh, so that it's not just, you know, for lack of a better phrase, style over substance. It's too unfocused, I think. My my question is, if you're trying to be modern or quasi-modern day, why not just do a modern day Robin Hood? Like, right. I, I, I love the medieval setting. I prefer it, actually, in most movies. I really like, like, fantasy medieval set, set movies. But if... If this is the aesthetic that you're going for and you're trying mm-hmm. to do something different, that's a different idea. This seems like it's trying to have its cake and eat it too by doing the mm-hmm. whole modern thing, but also uh well, I think they truly wanted to be anachronistic. I think that was odd, honestly one of the main ambitious goals. That was probably if you had, if there was a to-do list from the director and the writers, anachronistic would be one of the top things on their list because yeah. everything about this movie is sort of trying to show you firsthand like look how we're different and it makes no sense but, but it's kind of cool isn't it when you when you do it in this manner where there isn't really a canon of any kind that's established that mm-hmm. you can see where it all feels a little too mixed up it feels both desperate and lazy at the same time yeah so when i'm watching it i just kind of feel myself recoiling in my seat going like oh this is not yeah. it's not flowing right there's it's it's just i feel like so many corners were cut and yeah. corners may not have been cut that could have been their intention but because it's it's like they had cool ideas in the moment without taking a step back and looking at what it actually looked like all put together yeah. 
Arena, you were pointing out that it had this kind of in- industrial look to it. Oh, yeah, with which, the mines and everything. In a way, like, I'm like, I kind of like that. I do, too. Uh, they- but then it's a third element where it's like, okay, that's not quite modern, but it's also not Robin yeah. Hood era. <laughs> like- it, it reminded me of uh, that Tarzan sign movie we watched, the, uh, the uh, Immortals, where... It wasn't quite your idea of how you saw Greek mythology, but it right. was its own take. It was yeah. like this, and the set design was very like straight edged, and I don't know industrial, as you said. Right. But this one just doesn't have the oomph right. factor that that one did. I guess. I, uh, I, I'm sorry. I think one of my major issues at this very beginning is how. Basically, the poor are one singular character that is barely visible in the whole mm-hmm. thing. Like, you you see they, them they on a surface level. They talk about their trials, but <laughs> you don't really see any of it. Also, this movie is so literal where it's like, I'm going to steal from the rich and give to the poor. He literally picks up bags of mo- like money bags. <laughs> <laughs> like Just It's a cartoon. It. <laughs> uh but let's talk about our leading man. This is called Robin Hood, after all. Taron Edgerton is our Robin Hood for this. Robin uh, of Loxley. Robin of Loxley. AJ, what are your initial thoughts? Or it, actually, you know, overall, with uh, Taron Edgerton's performance here, is he a, a worthy uh, Robin Hood for this story? I think physically, yes. Um, you know, one of the most iconic Robin Hoods is Errol Flynn. Mm-hmm. And Errol Flynn is himself just exudes that you know the charm of the time the the machismo the i don't know what the word is the the flamboyantness the playboy kind of whatever Mm -hmm. that robin hood himself kind of has this laugh and mirth and easygoingness about him and uh kind of just just a cool cool cat so to speak yeah and i think taryn could have gotten there with a bit more coaching or maybe just you know more working with him directly on editing and uh, line delivery and stuff. And the biggest problem really is the interaction between him and his co-stars is, you know, I've, it's, we say this about some things and I agree it's true here that, you know, all these characters were, all these actors rather were playing in different movies, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, there's some overlap, but he can't carry this by himself because, I feel like he's trying to have he's has too much burden of fixing things that are, are yeah. already crumbling around him. Mm-hmm. I, I think if things were streamlined and just on point story wise, style wise, then he would fit in perfectly fine. Um I think he was but, better when he was bouncing off of veteran actors. Yes. But when he's bouncing off l- less experienced like Marion, like that's when he is he's also he drops to her level where it's mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. so weird how that happens. But when the he's scenes up- with him and Ben Mendelsohn are great. Yeah. Um although I don't feel like that's a Robin Hood character, but the actual por- you know performance is good. Yeah. So, yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying is it depends on who's on screen with him. Yeah. It, do you all have a, a David Arena any opinions on Taron Edgerton here? Um, not really, other than the fact that I just really like him as an actor. Mm-hmm. I think that he does a pretty decent job of doing his best. Like it's just it's it's an uphill battle that he's fighting all movie, and uh, he succeeds. We'll, we'll say it that <laughs> way. Something I learned recently too that it just seems relevant is that 
the the story of Robin Hood was a lot more recent than I thought. I think it was like the 15 or 1600s when they when mm-hmm. they first found text on it. And there are so many things that were added later that we think of as canon. Yeah. Mainly, the, the Sheriff of Nottingham was not in the original story. And it was just Robin Hood entering a contest to shoot bow and arrow, and he won. And then they, like, sent people after him. I don't even... I, if I remember correctly, he didn't even steal from the so rich. So the original the Robin the original. Hood story is not well, your father's Robin Hood yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it got added onto and, and tacked on over time. And, you know, there are places in England, I think maybe around Yorkshire, that are actually named, like, after Robin Hood and stuff that are not even even near, like, Notting, uh, Nottingham and, and Sherwood. So those got moved around... Um, yeah, as as things evolve, just like with King Arthur, we kind of alluded to, um, but also so the, these these poems and stuff existed <laughs> about the you know local folklore. But one thing that really kind of bumped it up was Ivanhoe, and oh, so yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of the the Robin Hood character that we see now, especially with the contest and stuff, is from Ivanhoe. Kind of how you know a lot of the the, the Christian symbols that we kind of understand today. If you're not familiar with it, are actually from Milton, you know, Paradise Lost and stuff like that, right. rather than your more original Christian tradition. Um, so yeah, things definitely get shifted and and built up and snowballed into different. It, it's a it's a, a living work, a living character, mm. Robin Hood, um, and that's what what I'm really excited about is seeing how this character can be dynamic, but also embody certain cultures and histories, mm-hmm. and then take that kind of same archetype and and you know go in different cultures around the world and kind of compare and contrast mm-hmm. yeah um, so <clears throat> some this one is it kind of an easy start because it's all over the place and pulls from a lot of different things yeah uh if you'll allow me with your mini series i'd like to uh, what i find most satisfying about robin hood movies is how well they do the whole trope of steal from the rich give to the poor i feel like it's right. a it's very important to the success of a of a robin hood movie that that is a big chunk of it that is satisfying to watch and is a through line because that's his whole that's his mantra or his his reason to be yes uh and i i would like us to see how well they do it here and rank it against the other ones we'll be covering in the future so we right that that aspect of this character is introduced i would say 40 to 45% into this movie where he actually does start yeah Becoming a Robin Hood figure, or the Robin Hood figure we know from legend, uh, do you, how well do you think this is implemented in well, this movie? Well, let's give us a, a defined target, just to be fair, so that we can kind of have some a, a static target to compare against, mm-hmm. and then maybe we can, you know, have an arrow to split down the shaft uh, mm-hmm. if we another uh-huh. movie hits the target. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, stealing from the the rich to give to the poor—that's that's classic Robin Hood. I mean, it, even at, in political discourse now we you know robin hood act and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. uh so that that's identified with robin hood always kind of a counter authority whether it's the church or the monarchy or both the i think the original he was a yeoman or like a farmer kind of uh lower you know level in the 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 feudalistic society Mm -hmm. the classes he wasn't the, the part where he's actually a, a nobleman and then got stripped of his title in the Crusades, that's a more recent uh, revision. 
Uh, so, they touch on um, that in the, the Russell Crowe iteration. Yeah, I the Russell yeah. Crowe one does that. This one does that. But yeah, just someone who's a hero of the people. Yep, is what his core is. Like he is giving of himself to you know use his talents to kind of right wrongs or to help other people, whether it's you know legal or not. Uh, yeah. he's, he's fighting injustice and helping other people around him. And, you know, he's always had kind of a, um, I don't know, contrary to Errol Flynn's real, real life, uh, more favorable attitude towards women and helping them, you know, especially within the medieval ages, you know, there's not necessarily gender equality, but, mm. you know, he seems to try to help as much as he can, whether it's man, woman, poor, whatever, sick, all that stuff. And, you know, he sacrifices himself, but also makes light of things around him. And his core original crew, the his merry men are, are Little John, much the Miller's son, which isn't really in this, I don't think. Uh, and then Will Scarlet, who's completely changed in this movie. But yeah, um, yeah, that, that core Robin Hood character, I guess we could say is trying to fight injustice for the, the little people. Yeah. So, yeah, in, in that regard, I would say the the critical flaw with this Robin Hood that we have here is that I don't feel like he is 100% invested in the whole stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, because it, it almost feels like he's more motivated to get back to Marion. Yeah. And the problem with this movie is that that connection does not feel genuine to begin with. So his main motivator yeah. we're not invested in and the whole point of his his character the that we, that we know from legend it seems secondary to that mm -hmm. even well, though No, you're absolutely right. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, nailed 100%. it on the, There is one scene specifically that is exactly what you're talking about where it shows him when he first steals the money and and mainly cuz he was mad at at the sheriff plus he was trying to get Marion back but he he gives secretly the money to Marion and he overhears her later. She's like, he should really be giving the money to the poor. And he's like, oh. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. idea. <laughs> and, and also like, this loops back around to what Irina said, where it's like, we're only ever told about the poor. We're not yeah, seeing we don't, the we poor. Yeah, we don't ever see the poor. <laughs> Who They're, are these poor? <laughs> it, it actually, to me, it feels like this modern culture where people are filming themselves giving money to the poor, where it's more like the poor are a means to their end than yeah. actually out of charity. Yeah. You know, so it, it just kind of, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth the way this is all constructed, where mm -hmm. you have this character that's supposed to represent this um, kind of underdog in a way that's fighting for people who can't fight for themselves. Yeah. And they're supposed to rally behind him. And that's the that's what they're saying the point of the movie is. But I feel like we're still hung up on the hots for his old girlfriend thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's I don't, there's a scene that like David, you mentioned him like retching after he saw Marion kissing a dude. <laughs> He's it, been through war. I know. He, he should be hardened. Like what there's His love be, is that the, strong, Irina. I think the the he, thing that's bothering me about this presentation is that it it was trying to show you this really intense scene where it's it's basically mimicking what we recently would recognize as the bat, the war in Iraq. But 
he comes back kind of basically the same. Like, there's no sense of trauma or shell shock or anything from all of that. It's just, oh, I guess I'm back to my merry old ways. But, oh, no, my girlfriend, she didn't wait for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even within the war in his squad, like, he doesn't, you don't get the feeling that he's a leader. Mm -mm. All he does is make stupid decisions to try to go and play the hero and, and whatever. But he's endangering his other you know, squad mates. Right. And even Gisborne, the supposed bad guy, is the one that does him a mercy by, you know, giving him a wound to get him shipped back home instead of, right. uh, you know, he could have just killed him or whatever. Like, yeah, he's executing people and enjoying it, but, you know, that's kind of common among, among what's going on. This, this movie yeah, doesn't exactly. even go into where I think King of Thieves or Prince of Thieves, excuse me, is it King of Thieves? Prince of Thieves, you're right. Thank you. Even that explores a little bit more superficially, yes, but mm-hmm. you know the, the whole Muslim versus Christian dynamic. This is just like, uh, okay, they're <laughs> yeah. literally there just because it calls for some action. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Well, so, do we want to talk about um, the rest of the cast as you set up real quick? Yeah, uh, we can. I didn't mean to cut you off, David. Did you have something you wanted to say? Nothing important. Okay, uh, Jamie Fox as our. Uh, "Quote unquote little John," although he has a much different name. Also, I don't know if this is. I should bring this up, but is it right? Is it okay that he's playing an Arab? Essentially, why wouldn't it be? I guess that it's okay. I mean, it just seems like everyone's playing everybody nowadays. So at at some well, okay, at some point, uh, I think uh, the sheriff refers to him as a Moor. Yeah, uh, which the Moorish people were Arab North Africans, the Maghreb. Okay, and then you have the the Moorish. um, I guess. Well, what's the word? Immigration into uh, Southern Europe through Spain and Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's later on if you read Othello and all that. You know. Yep. But you know, it's Northern Africa. I mean, obviously Egypt is right at the corner of Africa, but it's a very Arab nation. So there's absolutely a conflation of whatever. It's not going into detail of whatever. Like this Wikipedia article says they're the Saracens. Like I wouldn't even go so far as to put that specific label on them. They are just in the Third Crusade in the Middle East mm-hmm. fighting a different culture. I mean, it, it's it's fine. Like yeah, it's kind of like they're it just is what it is. they're just taking that ticket from fantasy, you know. And they're like, we don't need to specify. Mm-hmm. It's sort of fictional anyway. None of these costumes are technically accurate obviously so well that's the problem too is that it feels very fake but they're throwing in real things so like you know different crusades that they talk about Mm -hmm. in different parts of europe and then the middle east where it's like those things happened but everything else around it feels so fake like should we believe that even is a thing so i think there there are movies that do that kind of thing well like there are stories that do manage to blend the two and it works it's just not working here. I yeah. think the differences are more glaringly obvious because there's not, it, you don't feel like there's really a good enough message behind it other than yeah. just kind of curtains, like little Window drapery. Dressing. Yeah. I, I will when say you, though. When you don't have a solid, consistent foundation, all the other things are more obvious. Yeah. So. This, so I feel like so, we're we're going really negative. So I, I was about to say the opposite. Yeah, w- go ahead. David. Well, I was going to say to keep on track with both characters and sort of maybe something positive. Going towards the sheriff of Nottingham, Le Sheriff. Mm-hmm. He uh, played by Ben Mendelsohn. Before 
You do that though. I actually I think Jamie Foxx oh, injects. You're right. We didn't. Inter- yeah. You're right. You're right. I think he injects an energy into this movie. Whether uh, you like the performance or not, it he gives the movie more of a pulse than it did. Yeah, he's ha- directing yeah. The, the actual plot moving forward. He's the one yeah. with the idea to to uh, fight the powers that be. Yeah. You know, actually do something with his talents. Train him. I mean, the training montage was fun. Yeah. Like I yeah. would yeah. give it like that. That was fun. You know, and that's where I think it succeeded in having the the styles, yeah. you know, twisted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was that was fun for sure. I felt but yeah, for Jamie him- Fox as Little John drives the story forward. Well, yeah. he gives energy. That's I feel like thing. his character is was almost speaking for me as an o- audience member, where Robin Hood is like looking after Marion, is like, oh, Marion's here and whatever, and he's like, no, like you can't. You can't involve her in this. That's dangerous. Let's focus on what we're doing. And that's what I wanted to tell the main character this whole time was just like, just focus, you know, like just be Robin Hood. Stop. Stop with this. Like, I don't know what's going on. Well, it's so hard because what are we supposed to feel about Marion? Uh, like at all i i think there's that element of well the love story is such an important part of the robin hood story i could see why they would want to incorporate that but give her i don't know a little more of an activist role but i if you want to establish robin hood you have to you have to make him someone I want to get on board with. And I think the romance so far has been more distracting than helpful in that. Yeah. Do you think that Marion and her relationship with Robin and her role in this movie could be improved by another actress? No. I mean, okay, <clears throat> energy-wise, maybe. I, I think she does lack energy, but just as it's written... And though, like, if you just did shot for shot with another actress, I don't think it's gonna save anything in the movie or make it any mm. more clear. I think there's yeah. there's certain line delivery that I could see, like a very seasoned actress maybe flipping it a little bit, but that's also a hard ask. Like, it's it would be kind of difficult to do. This is where we need Meryl Streep. Well, She's I was I was thinking of someone someone kind of like Emily Blunt where she someone that already carries this love yeah. that people have for them, you know? I I think Emily Blunt is a perfect example because we've seen so many of her roles, we feel like we know her, she's familiar, yeah. we know she's kind to our knowledge, so I think incorporating someone like that in this role would already soften it a little bit. So you're infusing almost a little bit of what we know. Yeah, you're of you're the kind of carrying over this um, already established knowledge of the actress. But th- this is a woman I don't know, and she she could have very good acting skills, but she feels unfamiliar to me, and the movie doesn't really give me anything more to learn about her. So it's. Yeah. I could see in that way another actress improving the role, but it's it's still a very tall order. The main reason I asked that is, I don't know if you noticed, but I feel like 90% of her dialogue, mm-hmm. she didn't even try to use an English accent. No, she didn't. It's like everybody's kind of using an English accent and then, oh, that's Marion speaking. Do we have other um, like American actors in here do, putting on... English Jamie accents. Fox pl- putting oh, on yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Although I would even argue, as much as I love him in this, his accent is very inconsistent. Yeah, I, I, it could be like a 
whatever you're comfortable with sort of a thing where if you have trouble doing the English accent, just don't do it. Well, he didn't do an English accent. He was going more for an Arabic sound, which, you know, when you first meet him, it starts very strong. Yeah. Well, I was talking about her. Oh, for her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, there are movies where they're like, well, if you can't do the accent, just don't do it. But But there's there's a couple times where she almost like tries to and it's like Scottish or something. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, I wasn't really paying attention to her yeah, the, I actually feel like she is, her character is almost harmed by the exposure to her story. Yeah. Um, which is a good thing that she gets her own story. But the problem with that is it's still anchored by the fact that she is dependent on, on Robin. Right. Like she's still... Is she's a leader of this people, but she's always playing second fiddle to Will, who's like an idiot or something. Yeah. And then Robin, who's just like also playing second fiddle to John's, you know, directive. Right. And Marion herself could be actually taking charge and making differences. And she finally kind of does like too late in the movie. It's too little yeah. too late with, with Friar Tuck. But yeah. the fact that she's like so in love with Robin and we don't know why. Right. <laughs> At least I haven't seen yeah. why they, you know, she really cares about him so much other than that, you know, he whatever won her heart when right. she was stealing the yeah. horse or something. <laughs> I feel like if there was more foundation of the strengths of each of their characters and mm-hmm. how they complement each other. Yeah. And as you said, like the, the story of Marion and Robin is is so strong because they are intensely loyal to each other. Right. Um, which that she is already broken very early in this movie. Just get rid of yeah. the whole will thing. That didn't even need to be here. Right. The lines it, are blurred it, it, it so much in this, dude. It doesn't do anything to serve the character of Marion. No, it doesn't. Um, having having Will in that role. So yeah, it it's rough. I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. Yeah. yeah. The 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 back and forth morally with what Robin is trying to do in this. The the lines are blurred so much, you know, you might even call him Robin Thick. It's just Oh gosh. It's just so <laughs> all over the place. But as honestly we've talked about Jamie Foxx now though. We've talked about Robin. We've talked about Marion. Ben Mendelssohn. I think we should talk Ben Mendelssohn now, who yeah. I think is the second strongest point in this movie. Yeah, go for it. Where Sheriff of Nottingham. The Sheriff himself. of Nottingham. Yeah, he's Still very anachronistic, still very bad. But the one good thing that I, well, two th- good things I like about this movie, he's committed. Is I'll that say he that. is a hundred percent committed. His acting is good, and I really do like the dynamic between him and Taryn. I do know. think he's kind of over the top. He's hamming it good. up. But it's it's appropriate. This movie needs it. It's appropriate for this movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I would see that happening when there's not a strong director. So he's taking the initiative to mm-hmm. yeah. pr- play a strong character. Yes, and he's assuming that the other characters are going to be equally strong, except for they're not. And but but the <laughs> even the story part of it that I I that works well is. I know you said one other movie was going over how Robin was a lord or, you know, somebody that wasn't among the commoners. I thought it worked really well story-wise. I actually was thinking the whole time, this story, this concept they're actually telling, I'd like to see it told by somebody else because I actually really do like that one aspect of him playing sort of the Batman Begins story where he's 
Right. You know, giving back to the poor very obviously, mm-hmm. trying to give to the church, trying to give to the sheriff and show, wow, look, see, I'm one of you guys. Get me on the table. Mm. And Get and, me on the table. Man. Oh, get me in on the the, the Lord's table. I don't, uh, that still doesn't work. <laughs> you get it. It's just, yeah. I, I really like that dynamic. The and then the, <laughs> in the evening, he sneaks around and steals and then goes back and tricks him some more. I don't know. I really, I like that part of it. And I really like I really Ben Mendelsohn. Want- yeah, I, I mean, I think he's a great actor. I've been kind of on, he's been on my radar since Bloodline, which was one of the early actual good Netflix originals, which mm-hmm. I encourage all of you to check out mm-hmm. uh, with Kyle Chen, where he's an excellent character in that. But I'm glad he's kind of gotten his, uh, you know, recognition, if it's almost almost too yeah. prolific. But I, I think he does well in this role, and he, he plays a great villain in, in pretty much everything he does. Um, I think the, again, the problem is the anachronistic style clashes where he's in this like mod, very modern cut suit leather. I mean, what is the point of that? I, I really don't know how don't that know. serves the story or anything. It's almost like um, they're trying to go for like Nazi general type. I, it look. cheapens it. I know. It cheapens it completely because he can be more menacing, more, you know, evil, Without this, like, pleather, whatever, modern cut suit. I don't understand. Yeah. Because because he's in contrast with everyone around him, even the other bad guys, even the, like, the you know, the corrupt church officials and things. It's, I don't know. It's, it's unfortunate confusing. Because it's he's an ex- excellent actor. And his some of his story motivations, like, it's it's almost too shallow. And he yeah. he's too good of a talent that... that you know, was written for him, unfortunately. But I really want you guys to to take this, like, remember his performance and also remember the character that was written of this sheriff here. And especially when we go over the, the Russell Crowe one um, with Oscar Isaac as as uh, King John. Yeah. Um, as, as the antagonist in that. I mean, very capable actors on both sides. Very great talents. But the menace is so much you know, differently cultured. Yeah. Um, to different to varying levels of success. I won't spoil my what, hand for that movie. What movie was this? The next Robin Hood, Russell Crowe's. I the Robin Hood, the, the the Ridley Scott one. Ridley Scott, Russell yeah. Crowe, and Oscar Isaac. Um, sign me up. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, even even Marion. I mean, you know, if we we'll talk Kate about Blanchett, them. You know, yeah. comparing. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, th- yeah. Well, I think that'll be a good episode. I don't want to overshadow this episode here but i i really want to see all the opportunities that these characters have and all Mm -hmm. of the rich history and there's so much material about these characters that you don't have to reinvent the wheel to this drastic of a level i feel like in order for this production i feel like this director was like i have to do something that's just you know make it crazy modern and flashy and style in order to get some kind of recognition. That's not necessarily the case. Like, yes, Robin Hood, the story has been told many times, but even if it's the same story, if it's more cohesive and better told and, you know, the characters mesh together, I will watch that over and over versus something that's, you know, slipshod. Uh, totally I, agree. Because the novelty doesn't last. Do you want to finish out the the less, last part of that story? I really don't. <laughs> uh just kidding um let me find my place here will scarlet you want to touch on that while i find i mean will we, we scarlet spoke of him 
or he's not called Will Scarlet yet. Right. He's he's just Will. Something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah her husband. Remember? Oh, Jamie Dornan's character. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. The shaved head man. Fifty Shades of Grey character. Uh, honestly, a <clears throat> terrible, terrible character that I wish was never in this movie. Um. I don't think the performance is bad. I just think this person being who they are is very ill-advised. This character to just be on, uh, to cause tension between Marion and uh, Robin, who is a man of the people and shares a nice, you know, intimate looking kiss in public with Marion to establish uh, his place in that relationship and is from there on pushed to the side um and then become no spoilers but also spoiler becomes the sheriff of Nottingham because sure i guess uh like the yeah. character arc of this guy is so terrible i think i like i i, I he didn't have to end that like if you wanted this to be an origin story he can show like a sliver of darkness towards the end, and yeah. I'll be like, okay. But having Resentment, him, yeah, yeah, having him elevated all the way to that position by the end is so dumb. Like, mm-hmm. I'm okay with you if you're trying to tell like a, a story over a trilogy. What you do at the end of this movie is show that maybe he's turning or he's starting to turn. You don't just ramp it up 110. Uh, 150 miles per hour towards, oh, I'm the shit. Like, I don't know. It, it was just. Well, here's the thing. Will Scarlet is one of Robin Hood's most loyal merry men. Like, he's yeah. almost his number two at, at many points. Um, and so I can understand having a novel approach where, you know, have this kind of subtle tension, you know, have a whole Arthur and, and Lancelot and, and uh, what's her name? You know, the whole love triangle there, like, yes, thank you. Um, you know, you can kind of see that sow of doubt and resentment and, mm-hmm. you know, have, have Will to have his own arc and then kind of flip and become, have this dark path. It just wasn't organic. It no. was done merely for the sake of having a twist. Yeah. And like a, a, a novel approach to this story. And then but further- It didn't work for it. Further making Marion and Robin seem like very shallow people who don't really care about others' feelings (laughs) in this situation. But also, like Will at first was kind of a man of the people and working hard and doing what he could, you know, how he knew how to do it. And then suddenly he's like, all I care about is power, blah, blah, blah. Like, what, where did that come from? So, yeah, it was very much a just throw things on its head because a twist. Yeah. So and we need sequels. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, without doing the work for it. Yep. Let me finish out the plot. This is going to be a bit, but we talked about the characters also. I think um, we can talk about you know the rest of the story. So hang tight here. Through a grueling training regimen, in his now decrepit manner, Robin greatly expands upon and improves his skills in archery and combat and began stealing the riches the sheriff has extorted from the townspeople, earning the name The Hood, while concealing his activities by masquerading as a frivolous playboy lord who supports the sheriff's regime. During a party in the Cardinal's honor attended by Robin, Marion, and Will, Marion and Robin discover the war is a ploy of the church, which is also funding the Saracen army to defeat the king 
king and claim total power after his death. Gisborne and his men are brought in to raid the slags for the sheriff in attempts to find the hood. Marion attempts to intervene despite Will's objections and crosses paths with the hood, whom she discovers is Robin by recognizing his voice. John is captured by Gisborne and tortured by the sheriff, but refuses to reveal the hood's identity. When the sheriff uses John's faith against him, he threatens him with the promise that his eyes and face will soon be the last he sees. Robin reveals himself to the commoners at Marion's urging and is braced as their leader, upsetting Will. Will leads a riot to distract the sheriff's men while Robin intercepts a caravan transporting the sheriff's fortune out of Nottingham due to be delivered to the Saracen army. Robin then leads the townspeople in a battle against the sheriff and his corrupt forces. During the confrontation, Robin shares a kiss with Marion, which is witnessed by Will, moments before he is horribly scarred by a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> Angered by Marion's love for Robin, he abandons her and the revolution. When the tide of the battle begins turning in the sheriff's favor, Robin surrenders to avoid further bloodshed and is taken to the sheriff's castle to be executed. One of the guards is actually John, having previously escaped his cell, and he finally claims revenge on the sheriff by hanging him by the ch on a chain in a massive sensor burner and is left dangling high up on the roof of the cathedral. Robin and John flee to reunite with Marion and the townspeople who assisted them, taking refuge as outlaws in Sherwood Forest, sharing out reclaimed loot. Meanwhile, the cardinal approaches a vengeful will and offers him the chance to claim the power vacuum in Nottingham if he is loyal to the church. Will is appointed the new sheriff and brands Robin and his followers criminals, with Robin defiantly challenging Will to come after him with a well-placed arrow through the wanted poster being held up by Will to his townspeople. Molotov cocktail, huh? Mm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so let's say part one, you know, we got the training montage, cool, awesome, you know, uh, Will, you know, kind of shakes hands with this uneasy alliance uh, to kind of start this revolution. The twist also in the sheriff's plans, instead of just being greedy and whatever, uh, he's plotting with the church to actually overthrow the king uh, by uh, funding the Saracens to somehow come all the way to England from the Middle East, which makes sense. But uh, yeah, so Will in infiltrates them by playing along and throwing money everywhere to find all that out when Marion discovers that he is the hood. So this is where I think the movie oscillates between being slightly more interesting and your typical action movie. I'm going to try to be generous because I actually think the action is is uh, well done here. I think... It is almost. I think editing could have been improved in a lot of places. A but. lot of quick cuts, yeah, a lot of quick yeah. cuts. But there, there's some cool choreography. Uh, Taron Edgerton, from what I could tell and from what I watched, did a lot of the arrow stuff on his own and learned. Yeah, how he to did talk about in some interviews his you know personal training and learning to shoot a, a bow and stuff like that. So yeah. And there's some creative, you know, that, there's some creative kills too. I'll say like where I was like, oh, that yeah. was actually not bad. That was pretty cool. Um, this is also when we get the church involved, where we have the uh, Vincent D'Onofrio lookalike. I don't know what his role is in the church. He is his role is the church, uh, to my knowledge. Where uh, and the uh, uh, I think he's like an, the archbishop. Yeah, and the sheriff of Nottingham is subservient to him. Uh, so there's you get the the sense of the uh, line of power here, and. Uh, Robin Hood's able to weasel his way into uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham's good graces by 
very unsubtly dumping a bag of gold onto a tray in the church. And then the sheriff of Nottingham being, you are very generous. I think he says something along the lines of like, wow, you're out showing all of us. Yeah, and he's like... Putting us all to shame, that's what it was. And Taron Edgerton is, I want a seat at the high table. Yep. (laughs) Which is just like, isn't that a way of just saying, I'm putting the money in here because I want that. I want it. Yeah. And this is basically a stage for Ben Mendelsohn to show off how show off he evil he can be uh that's what i got from like this the whole 30 minute section of this is just like him yelling at a bunch of people saying like i hate the people of the church or the people under me like they're i wish i could right. kill them one of my like favorite the- lines <laughs> is when he's talking with um what's his i get uh, hold on I, I was just no not friar well friar tuck was there but um it was i think ian peck Right? Is that his name? The Cardinal? Uh, yeah, the Card well, one of the Cardinals. Yeah, I said so the D'Onofrio look like the, the the bald guy. Yeah. Anyway, I just there's a scene oh. where he's talking with him about like we're in the war effort together, so we should align and make sure we get this done. And then Friar talks like, um, isn't it better to be Christian and turn the other cheek? And then <laughs> why does he sound like Kermit the Frog? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, you want that? Um, hey there, guys. Um, Same what thing. Would the Christian <laughs> thing be to uh, turn the other cheek? And then Ben Mendelssohn turns around and says, why would you believe in a God when he gave you a face like that? And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> wow. I can't yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's a coming shame hot. The sheriff here is actually could be very well developed compared to other iterations of the sheriff. Like he could have so much background, especially with this like backstory of, you know, his abuse in, in a, a, the, you know, the, the boy's home by the, the priests and stuff and him really being like jaded and just the broken and, really hating them the whole hatred thing yeah and the 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 seeding of that is is great more than just oh he likes money like that would have been a a a great approach if you want to add to the robin hood story yeah flesh out the sheriff awesome yeah but instead Uh, he's settled with lines like tuck you're an idiot like that (laughs) i'm like you could have written something more clever for the sheriff of nottingham to say no uh he's evil by the way what kind of plan was that that Robin set up where he's like, where he brings Tuck in and says, this man's a liar. Like, uh, yeah, like I was I, like, you could have, you honestly could have gotten him killed. Like that, that was kind of upset me because I feel like Robin Hood would never, ever endanger his friend, especially with him not knowing on, uh, like in the know about and it. And especially after seeing him assassinate people die. openly. Yeah. Yeah. That that was kind of off-putting because like a Robin Hood figure would never endanger someone unwittingly like that. This and- is a take where this Robin is so new to this. Like he he's green, man. Like he's learning, and after that, but he, he's gonna get better. He's the problem is he's betraying his goodness because he's being more conniving for the sake yeah. of his own gain versus helping other people. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he did the, the get him of out of there, people, right? But. He got him out. But he doesn't learn from his mistake or his, you know, his his grievance. Like he yeah. doesn't ever, you know, say I'm never doing that kind of thing again because it could have turned ugly. All yeah. this stuff, like no, he got away with it. Smooth, you know, he's a smooth operator, so he still do, like does that. <laughs> Fist again. bumps to Friar Tugs, like got you out, bro. Thanks for getting me yeah. out of the church, man. Uh, so the order of things gets a little confusing for me, but there is a um, there's a horse chase, and this is the big one. 
I think this is the main set piece of the movie. And I will say there is one shot here where all the horses are coming around. There's like fire going off in the background. It's obviously like pyrotechnics and fake as heck, but I don't care. It looked (laughs) cool. Like I was like, okay, that's a cool shot there. Uh, This is when they're getting away with, um, they're doing some sort of heist or something. They're getting, but Marion is there and she's like, I, I, I know who you are. I can tell you're Robin. Why didn't you tell me earlier? She pulls his thing down, which is kind of compromising of their mission. If anyone, (laughs) yeah, sorry, thank you. Um, but I, uh, what y'all think of the 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 big action set piece of this movie? And maybe since we didn't touch on it quite enough, the action in general, because this is primarily an action movie. There's very little room for drama, which is funny because I don't even see it as an action movie. Like there's a lot of action. You're right, but. Yeah. It was fun, if not, you know, a little sloppy. Like, you could tell this was, like, you know, a first project for a director or someone. Yeah. But it was still, still, you know, good looking overall. It was the most competent aspect of the movie for me. Even though, as we said, the, qu- uh, the quick cuts were annoying. I was like, this is a director who knows his way around action, uh, not a- around actors. Well, he likes um, his slow-mo, that's for sure. Yeah. Arena thoughts? You're you're like cringing or like scrunched face. I'm just trying Explosions. to read. I'm trying to read you. Explosions. Explosions go boom. <laughs> I, man, this whole movie. When I think action, though, I just think of like slow mo of a guy jumping sideways in the air with his bow and arrow, and so, it's like pulling it back. The the thing about slow mo is I appreciate it when it's something that looks cool, but it's slow mo on things that just don't feel like they need to be slowed down. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like okay. Okay, he's yeah. going. He's going around a pillar real slow. That's oh, they did cool. that. They did a lot of slow mo <laughs> on him turning around that pillar. I it, still don't it get it. Felt that it, I know it's it's maybe not intended to be this way, but it the way it looked to me was like it was trying to fill time. The slow mo placements yeah, they paid a were lot so for that weird. Green screen, okay. Yeah, <laughs> the slow mo placements were so weird. They're they're like. Sometimes they'd be appropriate at like an action moment where someone's right. letting off an arrow, but other times. Like Taron Edgerton would just be hiding behind a pillar, and for whatever reason, it slow mo's no, on his face. No, like, that's the one I'm thinking. Yeah, of. just like <laughs> he, he like slow mo's on him gritting his teeth, and I'm like, why does that need to be slow mo'd? <laughs> like, it's it's going to turn well, into like, like I, yeah. Sorry, I get it when there's like a really cool explosion where maybe they want to show you like, hey, we put a lot of work into this uh, big thing right here. Mm-hmm. Let's let's showcase that a little bit. Give props to the yeah CGI team or whatever. But you. I don't know. You get like very bland shots of him just kind of like skating around uh, someone. Yeah. I don't know. It made me think of of uh, Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. Where it's like he, him thinking and uh, like ticking. Yeah. It's like one, make sure that I turn around this pillar. Uh, Two, but it's actually cleverly done. Though. So oh, well, it's the it's the dialogue that the does difference it. is uh, the dialogue too. But there's sort of this like wind up into a punch you know there isn't really anything that feels very yeah. punchy about the action shots it's just Another slowing Guy down connection by the oh way. there we go and then continuing the scene whereas with uh sherlock holmes it felt like it slowed down and then it sped up quickly to give you that satisfaction of the like the blow to the head or something yeah, the, it felt kinetic this is where you actually i know it's hard to say this but it's i'm gonna say it it's where you start to appreciate a Zack Snyder, where it's like appropriate speed ramping mm-hmm. at the right points for slow-mo. Right, yeah. Um, He's the king of slow-mo. Yeah, this one clearly less, I don't know, grasp on when it's effective. 
But this is around the point where I feel like Robin Hood is outed as Robin Hood to the sheriff. Uh, kind of right. I thought that was close, closer to the end. But uh, honestly, it I've watched this twice. This part of the movie is a jumble of the timeline for me. Yeah. Where I at this point, final action, not final action sequence, but penultimate action sequence. And then we have the cringeworthy speech where he talks to. Oh, gosh, I hate that. Yeah, where he talks to the people. And obviously, like Marion is giving the side cheek to Jamie Dornan's character and he kisses her awkwardly on the cheek and she's like, all right, well, I'm going to look at Robin Hood as you're doing that. <laughs> and <laughs> like that speech is so um, good, man. But uh, by the way, is her character arc, I love Robin Hood. I love Jamie Dornan. I love Robin Hood. No, is that I've loved is there Robin any, well, Hood the whole time. I don't even know if she ever loved him. Like, I don't no. know. Yeah, really. Well, there is one split second where she really affectionately looks into his eyes as as Robin Hood is watching and gives a legitimate kiss. Yeah. So that was a goodbye kiss, Reese. It was a good she didn't even see him yet. <laughs> like she she was like working in the market. No, no, no. 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 That wasn't just to showcase how not poor the poor were, that was not a market. That was supposed oh. to be the mines. Oh. <laughs> she was feeding them soup. Okay. They're not buying the soup? No. Which, by the uh. way, that speech at the end is like, you're poor. Yeah, we are poor. <laughs> we hate it. We, you guys don't like it, do you? No, we don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're right. Well, you know they're going to kill you if you don't fight back. Also, oh, okay. by the way, Robin Hood convinces them all to... Okay, so Jamie Dornan's character wanted them to... And I'll keep forgetting his name, Sparks or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sparks. That's what it was. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was his name? What? Who are you talking about? He's an important character in the lore, but I can't remember his name. Will. Will. Wait, which Will, one? Will Scarlet. Will Scarlet. The, there, oh, that's what I was oh, Spark. Will okay. Sparks. And here he's Will Tillman or something like that. Yeah, so he's trying to convince them all to run, and Robin Hood's like, let's fight. And then Marion's like, yeah, I agree with Robin Hood because I love him, not you. And they end up fighting, and there's a moment during the fighting where Robin Hood gets up and it's like, stop this madness. I, oh, oh, man. Like, oh, man. Right. Oh, I'm like, I'm because all sure. these people that are in murderous rage are I just know, beating I down. Know, they're not gonna stop because the guy got up there. <laughs> so like, bad. You convinced them to do this. Like, I would I would have loved if just a, a flying arrow like shot him in the rib cage or something. <laughs> right, like, that, you're not going to stop that. Let me paint a picture for our audience because this is getting a little jumbled. Yeah. He gets all these people. Robin Hood gets all of the, the poor, quote unquote, to fight against the bad guys. Yep. They get in a fight. And then he's like, wow, this is terrible. And then he gets up in front of everyone while all these knights and, and people are fighting the poor. And he goes, stop this madness. <laughs> and then everyone stops and looks at him. And he's like, take me instead. I'll sacrifice myself. And they just take him and the fighting ends. Did he? Well, yeah, someone the just church shoot and him the sheriff. And then continue the battle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Literally brought in these like terrible mercenaries to extract blood from the stone of the people. Mm -hmm. Like by just absolutely crushing them and slaughtering them. <laughs> but yeah, Robin standing up on a cart while everybody is just, you know, getting routed is is gonna uh, cause oh. everybody to drop their swords and also shake I forgot I forgot Lil John gets uh, gets captured and then he get, finds his way out. So that ha happens as well during this portion. 
Okay, so we're rounding up on our, our finale here. Sorry, we've kind of uh, sped forward here, but we got all the table setting out of the way, so we're just galloping forward just like Robin Hood and his <laughs> band Mary, of Mary, Mary men. men in the working. Uh, but we get to this this finale. Little John is... We still don't know if he's actually back yet, uh, but Robin Hood has found his way into the church. The uh, sheriff... Oh, oh. Sorry, I miss. He's with Marion, but they have this encounter with with Gizborn, whatever his <laughs> Gizmo? name is. Gizmo. Gizmo, who is set up <laughs> as like almost this this big bad henchman who's like, oh yeah, I eat Robin Hoods for breakfast. Like that's like his Without energy. Any milk. Yeah, he's the like, guy that actually kind of saved his life in the beginning. Yeah, by he did. Getting yeah. him sent home. Yeah, he's also the guy that um, kills the son of. Uh, Little John. Little John, which we completely glossed over, that, and that kind of right. gives Little John motivation at the beginning. Uh, but yeah, he chases them down this the cr- uh, the pit that starts to crumble with rocks because uh, Marion hit something, and then they have a literally under thirty seconds fight, and that's the end of it. Where and they have a quick dialogue where Robin Hood is like, "I won't kill you. That's wrong," and then. Marion hits Marian him on the head. Marion Dexon is like, he had it coming. And <laughs> so that's the end of that. Uh, yep. <laughs> got him. <laughs> got him. Uh, and then, of course, this they, they work their way up to the uh, the, the church where all the, the baddies are chilling. And uh, we run into the sheriff of uh, Nottingham and... At the at the moment that it looks like Robin Hood's like he's been fo- his plan's been foiled he's uh he's down on his knees uh one of the guards is actually Little John disguised and he intervenes and uh, they they get the comeuppance on the uh, sheriff of Nottingham and do the old wrap around the neck and shoot the rope thingy and hang him and it's cool and they're laughing as his hanging body is against the stained glass in the background. Clayton. Um, <laughs> I actually kind of liked that part, though. It was a good, it was a good scene. It, it was, was good, very... It was well shot. Do you know what it was? Not to tease things in the future. It was very Zorro. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, you remember can, the, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the blonde it, sheriff It dude. does give you some satisfaction in, yeah. you know, resolving some tension. Mm-hmm. What I will say, I know I I was kind of flippant about my summary of what happens at the end of this movie, but it's all very like base level competently done. Yeah, like it, it it's not offensive to watch. You just kind of wish it was better. I don't know yeah. if y'all agree with uh, that. I honestly, can see if the movie had point. ended there, I wouldn't be unhappy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the stuff that comes after that that just like punches you in the crotch. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it, like, I think the action at the end is fairly compelling. I, I, it's, it's not the best. It's just like it, you, you can tell that thought was put into it. It's not, this isn't bargain bin DVD level. It is, it is w- <coughs> well executed. It's just, I don't know. It's just, there's something missing there. I might call it bargain bin I've seen worse. Like, there's actual, there's actual choreography going on that you don't see in the bargain bin. Like, th- this is not like the, 
like Bruce Willis hard to kill or whatever bargain bin title I think, it is. I think yeah. what it is is the the caliber of talent we have here and it's just mm-hmm. falling short. That I mean that's really where a lot of the disappointment for me lies is you know things just not ever gelling. Yeah. Even though we have the, these great ingredients. Yeah. Or great quality or potential. Yeah. And like I wanted to hate the sheriff of Nottingham more. He does evil things on the surface, but it's almost like he doesn't personally attack uh, Robin Hood or his loved ones in any meaningful way for me to want that satisfaction of, of Robin Hood nailing him. Like, I, I get it with... Uh, <laughs> Freezing. You know, you know what I mean. Uh, I get the it with... Sticks. I get it with... <laughs> I get it with little John hating him. Well, not even because G- Gisborne or whatever the guy who killed his son got him. Uh, I just okay. Quick fix for this movie. This is I know on what the fly. It is. This Go is ahead. on the fly. You know, you know where I'm going with this. I can tell. I need a face off between little John and Gisborne. I hate saying the word Gisborne like this, but I need like a face off with them. A definitive him taking that guy out because he's directly responsible for his son's death. They telegraph that in the beginning like it should happen, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's they do. that's the they face-off do. that should happen there. And at the Not end- Marion just like sucker punching him. Yeah. Like, what What, what was that? Was, was Jamie Foxx just staying in his trailer that day, refusing to come out and shoot the scene? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what was happening here. Um, and yeah, Robin Hood needs to take out the Sheriff of Nottingham, which does happen. Does he fire the arrow? I forget- is, he fires the arrow, right? Or is it Little John that fires the arrow? See, that's no, how- no, no, no. It was Robin. Robin. Okay. Robin shoots the because arrow. what happens is, you're, and I think you're confused because I think Little John earlier says to the sheriff, like the last thing you're going to see is my face killing you or something like that. Yeah. And then he ra- and Little John wraps his neck and then Robin shoots. So the that's arrow. cool. That's fine. I'm fine with that. And honestly, that dialogue between the sheriff and Little John, where he's you know in, in chains and stuff, and then they like Little John needles him with the religion stuff. That's actually like a little hint of the depth that this could have gone to, but doesn't ever. Ooh, these little best, moments, man. The little best, moments. the singular best scene in this movie, and I forgot to talk about it, and it, they could have gone further with it. I wish they did. But was when uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham was talking about the killing of his son, and he said, like, mm-hmm. you know what happens when someone's beheaded? Like, there's yeah. this moment when they see, and they can't quite, like, yep. contemplate what's happening. And he was probably thinking, like, why can't my dad help me? Or why can't, why wasn't yeah. he there? Like, well, like I was that, like, that that's is, what AJ's saying is like, this yeah. moment is such a good because snippet of what it could be. Yeah. That elevates the true villain and, and really understanding how to like get at someone and understand why, like that's true hatred because he is understand, understanding what is actually important to little John. And he uses the religion aspect of things like, you know, he's going to gorge him in pig's blood and burn him so that, you know, he doesn't, re- you know, receive his afterlife and, and that kind of thing. Like, instead of dying as a martyr, like, yeah. that his is mercy. the true evil of, yeah. like His mercy was that, saying that he would kill malice. him quickly. He's like, I will kill right. you quickly and you will be with your son. That is the best he was going to offer. And that's pretty yeah. good for a villain. Yeah. So I, I think we're trying to say that Ben Mendelsohn and Jamie Foxx kind of are the reasons th- this movie's not outright terrible yeah. right maybe yeah. well that just writing of that scene like there needed to be more of that level of writing yeah i agree 
Like, even go farther with that, with what he was saying. Like, go into the science of someone who is beheaded. How they, what, what, what happens. Like, you know, as they're dying. Yeah. Like, yeah, because as it is, to the core. Our, our hero, Robin, why does he hate the sheriff? Like, why is he doing yeah. anything? We don't, as far as motivation for this entire revolution and everything, like, he comes home and his home is, like, ransacked. And he's like, eh, this sucks. Yeah. And Marion is gone. And he's like, oh, man. Like, oh, there's man. no no passion or, like, real fire in Robin. There's just the motivation is so lacking. Yeah. Um, I, no, as I, I said, that's the misdirect. That's the problem with this movie. He is motivated more to be with Marion, who is a nothing character, than to be going against the ultimate evil uh, and helping the poor, like which is what is Robin Hood's very being. Uh, Little John was a better Robin Hood, I think. I actually, than Robin Hood. I was just thinking about it based on what you guys were saying. But what if they had gone an extra step and twisted the story where Little John was kind of using Robin so he could get at the sheriff, and really? it ends up being a little more his story than it is Robin's. Yeah, if you wanted to twist things up and do yeah. something novel, like do something do that. like that. And- <laughs> yeah, really twist the twist the story. I agree. Well, it's because we don't care about Marion, but what we, I mean, for a short period of time in the beginning, like that moment where they were going to kill um, uh, Little John's son, I was probably, that was probably the scene I was most invested in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, one, it didn't kill me yet in the rest of the movie to like, you know, it didn't lose me yet. But that scene, I was like, what is going to happen here? And they they did it. They pulled out all the stakes. They they killed the kid, and it also had Robin put his neck out on line. So I thought that was one of the better scenes too, which we didn't talk about all that much. Yeah. So uh, how about you know we talked about it a lot before, but just you know to finally, I guess wrap it up. Will Scarlet donning the the pleather suit, uh, the same cut that just doesn't even fit him right. Uh, you know, with the the clearly fake prosthetics on his face. Uh, clearly the in. What is weird about this movie is that the wraparounds, the the beginning and the end, are easily the worst parts of this movie. <laughs> like the the uh, setup, yeah, the true. origin of like, oh, Robin Hood making out with Marion. That's obvious chemistry. Opens the movie, and then we close out with Jamie Dornan suddenly doing a heel turn and becoming the new sheriff of Nottingham. Like, how did? Wow. How was he next up in succession for something like that, first of all? You're probably wondering how like, we got here. Yeah, like... <laughs> Just mildly ambitious, you know? Yeah, like... <laughs> because we needed more main characters with less motivation. So their choice was That'll to... That'll solve this get, movie. Their, their choice was to nominate the le- the second to lead of the rebellion against the uh, the church. Like, he... Technically, he was right up there with Robin Hood leading this charge against... Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, it but but break- then he got burned by a Molotov cocktail, so all things changed. That's so true. like I could I could see it happening, but it has to be played out over a long period of time. This yeah. is just too short for that kind of a turnaround. Well, there's no bitterment that's ever like broiling in the background or no. simmering or stewing. He's just like, I want to be mayor. Yeah, and yeah. Whether it's on this side or that side, it's. I just want to be that way. Marion also. Damned. You don't. Oh, no, he kissed Marion. Also, there it's supposed to be this satisfying scene at the end where Robin Hood shoots the arrow at the wanted poster, 
and the guy's there. I don't even hate this guy. He's just like, all right, I guess he's the sheriff My, of Nottingham now. Like, yeah. I didn't like him, but this is supposed to be like, oh, we're sticking it to the man. Well, I mean, Here's the big arrow shoot at the poster. We're going to get you next time. Yeah. Like, so I don't even really want to get his, that guy. I just kind of want to, like, toss him well, in a after ditch. After Ben Mendelsohn, to- like, this guy is a wet blanket. Like, well, he is. So also, like, Will in the first place didn't, he wasn't really necessarily a bad guy. No. Exactly. Like, he was actually trying to look out for people in the way he thought would save lives. Right. And everyone else is looking, like, Marion and Robin are looking down at him like, oh, you're a coward. It's like, no, I'm literally trying to make sure these people live. You want them to just yeah. die in so, battle. So you have to yeah. know that the director was a lot of other man- movies... Well, I know that's been explored in some movies where actually the more heroic thing, um, you know, heroic in quotes, is the person that's actually, you know, playing it safe, as Mm -hmm. some might say, versus the brash hero that's endangering things, you know. You know, you get the whole Wachovia Accords and all that kind of discussion somewhat, but... Sokovia, yeah. You know, he's the one that... Yeah, thank you, Sokovia, not Wachovia. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, That's a bank, isn't it? Anyway. (laughs) It's not like uh, Wakanda. But yeah, the, the the actual true hero or the true leadership and the the true things that are going to save the people is, you know, the small wins, the small battles, but also not endangering people brashly. Right. And this kind of guy comes along and just like starts fires everywhere. And then by luck of it, you know, things are upturned. But right. there's no, no order established or anything. Um, I mean, those are all topics that this could have explored, but instead... And they're trying to set this up as a sequel as he's like the next villain. Like this guy yeah, has yeah. no animosity real, like, f- you know, for for Robin, there's no antagonism or no foil of character or, you know, there's no redemption for him to be had because he's just nothing. Yeah. You know, there's, there's like if he was maybe possibly turned or swayed or found the error of his ways, there's just, he started from nowhere. So there's nowhere for him to, to grow as a villain. Yeah. It's, it's just like, Way to end on a note where I'm like, oh, well, I really don't care what happens next. <laughs> like, yeah. you're supposed to hook the audience, and having him as being your next one is not the way to do it. What The way you do it is set up his merry men. Be like, oh, mm. man, this is the start of it. And they do try to do that, but not. they're more trying to focus on the next sheriff of Nottingham than yeah. actually setting up, oh, this is like, oh, his troop is finally getting together. Like, yeah. the Avengers assemble. Like, it's, it's not, they don't have that energy at the end of this movie. Not even right. close. Um, yeah. They try- you know, they, it's a tough- It's a tough ask to follow Ben Mendelsohn as a villain, but still, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, don't focus on that. Focus on Robin Hood, right? Like, we, we've we already had our villain there. So, yeah, their their motivation was like, okay, we had Ben Mendelsohn. Now wait till we get a load of the next Sheriff of Nottingham, the guy who played the lead in Fifty Shades of Grey. Wait, that's the same guy? Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And well, I is, guess he knows how to hurt people. He is unrecognizable in this movie to that He's guy, wearing a I shade of gray. That. And he's got a <laughs> beard. Um, and we end on some really cheesy, uh, in my opinion, I don't want to put words in y'all's mouth, but really cheesy uh, Marion and Robin Hood lip-locking <laughs> romance nonsense. Uh, and man, wow, look at the chemistry, you know? That's like how we end the movie. We started how we ended. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, Um, I was just thinking about that scene and how it reminded me of The Princess Bride and how 
there's less screen time between the the two characters and Princess Bride than this scene of them making out. And somehow I believe that one more than this. <laughs> I, I don't Oh, I do too. I just yeah. why though? It's just it's yeah. just crazy how bad this setup is. It is yeah, it's a total lack of chemistry and just someone who doesn't know no offense to these guys, but doesn't know how to write romance properly. Like it's it's someone who's it's like very they like they know they need it there, but they and it, but they assume that what you need is some sort of romantic drama. So yeah. you interject the love triangle. Yeah. And I, I'm so tired of love triangles. Yeah. This this guy couldn't figure out chemistry if Neil deGrasse Tyson smacked him in the head. I'm wondering it. if that was like a relic of the past that they tried to latch onto with the Twilight and whatnot, where it was just like, people like love triangles. Well, it's, it's very early 2000s. I feel like around 2006, yeah. there was this same kind of plot when it came to any sort of romance, where it was like this, uh, I don't know, kind of just loosely connected characters i'm actually and they're trying to interject some kind of drama into it by mm -hmm. incorporating a third party and it's just no that's not why we enjoy the romance like that certainly certainly is titillating sometimes for people <laughs> but it's not that's not the reason it's good or the reason it builds character yeah all right, I'm going to go ahead and close our story out. We've given Robin Hood 2018 a lot of our time. Uh, but with that said, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other end, we're going to get into our brief reviews with numbered scores, get into what critics thought, talk some box office, and close out with a little bit of franchise talk. So we'll see you then. Welcome back. Let's talk Robin Hood 2018. And David, you got our scores there in a bowl. You want to pull them at random? All righty then, sir. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was. All right. First up, uh, I grabbed two. All right. First up, Reese with a 3.5. Uh, Yeah, I don't like this movie. Um, I give it points because it is functional like this is a a movie that can walk on its own two feet and make it to the end like there is a plot here it it is told in sto story fashion <laughs> you give a lot of points for just uh no i don't I have, I have i have more than that like i think there's actual talent behind this movie i think the action is done pretty well uh I kind of sort of like the industrial design or, or production design at times. I wish they had pushed it further. I really wish there was more effort put into the costumes. As we said, it comes off very CW when I think it could have. You can do a modern medieval take on a Robin Hood and you don't have to look like this. Like, I know we I know people don't like King Arthur Legend of the Sword, but that is I do example. We do. But that is like. Exhibit A of how to do modern medieval times like it it, it works much better. Uh, but yeah, as I said, action well done. 
I think the movie actually, we didn't talk about this, but the color palette of this movie, the, the use of color is pretty decent. It doesn't look muted like some movies like that, that are trying to go for this similar it's aesthetic It's muted do. on the inside. It is. But, but there's like some vibrant pop to the color here and there. Like I love the look of the church when you actually go in and there's these big over... It, yeah. You almost feel like you're going into like a Star Wars set. Yeah. Almost. We've actually uh, made several comparisons to Star Wars when we were first watching. Yeah, so so that's cool. I think Ben Mendelsohn is giving his all here. It, he's like really hamming it up. He seems to be the only person who actually knows the movie that he's in. Uh, even ja- <laughs> like because Jamie Foxx, when I watch him, he seems to be doing a, a more earnest performance, which kind of makes me cringe more because like he's actually actually trying versus Ben Mendelsohn, who's like. Oh, I see what this is. <laughs> yeah, he's Electro and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, exactly. Um, Taron Edgerton, he's a... Even though this is his least compelling performance, there's still a degree of charisma that he takes with him. And I think he bounces off the better, more veteran actors in this movie more than everyone else. Um we did just watch a scene, though, where he stands up and makes a speech to the people. And as he's saying, listen to me, there's an explosion that goes off behind his behind him, and it looks like a fart. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but, so, maybe, I, I don't know whether to give points or take points. You give that, points. Give, point give points. Uh, everything else about this movie, though, is not good. It's just... And... Especially just the anchoring this on the Maid Marian love aspect of this is what really I think sinks this the most. It's that should not if if the strength of your performance is the one coming from Eve Hersley and, and that's like kind of how you're that that's the what the 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 Robin is revolving around like his main compelling uh. The, the reason of his of what he's doing is her that is a critical flaw that this movie is suffering cuz it, it it if if that if that's what we're, i mean I, this movie should have identified its strengths better it has you have Ben Mendelsohn this again veteran actor you need to make him like the sole like motivator for Robin Hood make that your like this needs to be a a revenge story or something mm. where it's like that is the main like when he when he is when that final confrontation happens that needs to feel like the big pinnacle final moment and it needs to be satisfying and it is muted by uh just the fact that Robin Hood's main motivator does not seem to be give it, uh, taking from the rich and giving to the poor it seems to be trying to get to Marion who is not good um yeah, bad movie. Uh, not the worst movie we've ever covered, but just I'm uh, I'm I'm looking for better when I look for, when I watch my uh, Robin Hood movies. So three point five. All right. Uh, next up, Noah with a four. Uh, let me just go ahead and throw in some keywords here. Uh, he had things to say. Um, did he actually? Which say- one's the Chad? I was about that's what I was about to say. Uh. The sheriff uh, is a, the 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 Chad of Nottingham. The Chad of Nottingham. And uh, otherwise, yeah, this movie's kind of boring. Uh, nothing more to say. All right, cool. I'm I'm surprised he saw it. Yeah. And and hey, he gave it a four. So so far, the highest score yet. Yep. <laughs> Next up, 
is Irina with a 3.5 as well. Oh. Yeah, I think I've pretty much given all my criticisms, so I'm going to try and just say the nice things. I like the sets. The sets have been pretty cool. Um, I know you mentioned the church, and I think that was one of the few times where I actually woke up and where I was looking at the environment. Um, I think Jamie Foxx, for me, injected a little more energy into a somewhat dull cast of people mm-hmm. um i i just know that with these actors there's there could be more and whether the script itself was just limiting or the direction was limiting i don't know but i i within the first five minutes i had already decided yeah i don't i don't like this <laughs> i just feel like i know it's it's not going to get much better. Yeah, it does. There there's more energy in the middle, but I yeah I'm I don't think I'm gonna watch this again. It's definitely one of those movies when you f- see the first five minutes, there automatically becomes a threshold that it can't like get. Beyond, yeah, you're get like I I know this isn't gonna get much better. Yeah. All right. Next up, David. That's me. With a four point five. All right. You love that I do that every time. A little higher. I do. Keep keep it up. Keep it up. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'm definitely on the higher end here, and I my brain went to the lower numbers, and I kind of started at one and worked my way up, <laughs> and I was like, I was I was trying to figure out so was where it this fell. One. Oh, but what about two? Uh, well, uh, no, but what about? Three? Yeah, that's kind of how it happened, and <laughs> the reason I got up to a four point five is that. There were glimmers of of excellence. Mm-hmm. The writing is the biggest issue, I think. I didn't overall. see any yetis in this movie. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think he forgot. I think he forgot that was the uh, thing. There were yetis in Mummy Between the Red Emperor. David scored that movie a seven out of ten. Moving on, David, continue. Yeah, I had I had a plan for this, and then Reese took an arrow and shot it right through my idea. I was quick about it. Though. You were. I appreciate that. Yeah, there. Um, the the writing was the biggest issue. Uh, followed very, very, very closely behind by the wardrobe, which normally the wardrobe wouldn't make that much of a difference, in my opinion, but. They went so far out of their way to make the wardrobe not fit <laughs> that that every scene calls attention They're to like, it. They're like, how do we really pull our audiences out of any sense of immersion? Can, can we be honest, though? Like, every scene that happened, no matter how invested you were, is there not one moment where you thought, man, Ben Mendelsohn's wearing a suit? Like, I, it's just, there's just another, something. Jamie Foxx's outfit was really distracting to me as well. He was I wearing like this like skin tight muscle shirt, but it had like random moth holes in it. I know. Oh I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, they okay. looked like the holes looked like they had been purposefully cut that, out. Look, this like, is, that's <laughs> the whole point is that every single character yeah. you could watch this and, and I, I if you're a person who is a fan of this, if you're not a fan, if you end up watching this movie, just like pause it on one of the opening scenes where you just have like a wide open view of like the townspeople and just really look at what they're wearing. <laughs> You'll see so many things that make no sense. It just it doesn't work. And we talk about anachronistic. I mean, I'm okay with certain anachronistic things. It's there's all there's so many movies that do it 
really well. I mean, even Django Unchained, there's a lot of anachronistic clothing in that. Mm. It, but but you don't think about it because it blends in. This Another movie, Jamie Fox movie, exactly, right? yeah. But this movie, it's it doesn't. It, your brain just can't make the jump. It just doesn't work because they're trying too hard to both be a period piece but also modern, and it's just they they don't know what they want. But anyway, so that's that's right up there with the writing. Um, music is um, something we haven't talked about much. I'm gonna say that it is. There's not is much to talk about. Unoffensive. Uh, take uh, the Avengers theme and then tone it down by seven out of ten, and that's the score you got here. They it passes. It's fine. Um, otherwise, I really do like the actors and actresses in this. It's just bad directing, honestly, bad writing. I think that this cast could do what we needed to do if they were well directed. Yeah. This movie's just not not up to par, but I I did have more fun with it than expected, I guess. I saw the reviews a little bit before this and I was expecting something a little more abysmal. Definitely yeah. not a 5. 5 is like the baseline too. I guess I start with a 1. I'm like, is it as good as a 5? No, is it a 1? No, and then kind of Figured it out from there. But yeah, this movie is just, you know, I if I had to put it on, like, I'm, I, I think I've said this before. If I'm on vacation, I'm at a hotel, it's on TV, and there's nothing else on, I'll watch it. This is the movie that you're, like, borderline drunk. You've just finished a movie, and you're just collapsed on your couch, and the next thing that cues up is this, and you're just like, oh, I can't reach the remote. <laughs> yeah, right. you don't expect yeah. to stay conscious for the next five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, I, I said this before. There's glimmers of of good movie in this. Like there's there agree. could be yeah. a good movie in this, and I give them a little more points for that. All right. Um, and last but not least, we have AJ rounding out the rear with a three. Nice. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna steal some uh, some threads here of David's review and. It, you know, let's go with this clothing motif. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and Jamie Foxx did it himself. You know, you take this this nice jet, this nice coat of Robin Hood and he just takes a knife to it and chops it up and just tries to turn it into a padded jerkin. And <laughs> Robin's like, I like that coat. He's like, well, now it's a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this movie is. I mean, it's just like, you know. Putting an, uh, a modern spin or an anachronistic spin on on a well-told tale, sure, by all means. I mean, West Side Story, look at that. Uh, much Ado About Nothing. I mean, heck, The Lion King, uh, My Own Private Idaho. I mean, all those things are retellings of a, a, a story with your own unique spin, flavor, seasoning, Romeo mm. plus Juliet. But they have consistency and they have stitching. They have, you know, things that are holding them together and... Instead, it's just like you have these cool sets, but you know you're in a place where the streets have no name. And he's just like, I want to make this Robin Hood movie, and you know, well, here's the spirit of Robin Hood. I'm gonna make this with or without you. Like, it's just, I don't know. You're stuck in a moment you can't get out of in this movie, and it's just you're you're feeling vertigo. Honestly, there's no motivation for Robin. The the key here, like, this is supposed to be a hero. This is Robin Hood. Uh, come on, people, like. You can do one thing, and Robin Hood, he steals from the, the rich to give to the poor. And yes, he nominally checks that box. But why? Why does he do that? Yeah. He's got, okay, Marion, she's the sweetest thing, I guess. But 
you know, she's so bland, like he's writing a song for someone, but you know, you don't know their name. Um, and then you have to throw these action movies in just because, you know, it's Sunday, bloody Sunday, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Robin hood. Yeah. Where is Robin hood in this movie? You have great talent. You I, do. I appreciate that reference by the way. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's bad. And at the end of the day, like all I want is you Robin hood. Oh, just shut up. To, <laughs> you do Robin one more movie. of those <laughs> like all he goes by is pride and that's not who Robin Hood is like that's his, his, his central I don't know it's um it's his one in the end of the day this is like a U2 song like no one in the last decade would say that U2 is their their favorite thing the only reason you would you know revisit this if it force installed itself on your iPhone um, <laughs> it's just bad <laughs> oh my gosh well, cramming in the references there i love that it. was one of my yeah. favorite ones um it's, all right aj it's not robin hood it's just a <laughs> mishmash you want to crunch those numbers for us aj all right so we have a group average of 3.7 for robin hood 2018 and let's see where that places it on our lineup Okay, we have a tie at 3.7 for Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Or excuse me, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Lightning Thief. Same difference. Uh, Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. And <laughs> let's see, I think we had A Good Day to Die Hard at 3.6. Columbiana, 3.6. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, 3.6. Above that, we have Girl in the Spider's Web at 3.8. Kick-Ass 2, 3.9. And Aragon, 3.9. Mm. I would say uh, Girl in the Spider's Web. Again, we come back to it. That one should maybe be a little higher. Yeah, that was an early mistake of mine. So, I yeah, also think that, I granted, based on the, the company this is in, one of the rare occasions, I'm like, yeah, bump it up 0. 0.2. Like, I think yeah. that... Just, just get, it in, get it into the fours. Two yeah, point, yeah 4.0, I think this is where this lives. Wait, Robin I don't know. Hood? I enjoyed Percy Jackson more than this. Well, which well, the first one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The first and the second, though, I think we ranked Yeah, this same. movie is bad. Um... <laughs> I think that's fair company. There's a couple of the. Yeah, it is. It's fair company. I don't. I do not disagree with our our consensus for Robin Hood. I disagree with one or two of the surrounding surrounding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. yeah. All right. Moving on to what critics thought on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie has a glorious fifteen percent and an audience score of forty percent. Uh, so we're closer to the audiences here. On Metacritic, the movie has a 32 uh, from critics and a 3.8 from audiences. So we're smack dab in the middle between that. We're good at that. Yep. And and I did not actually know the Metacritic score. I knew the Rotten Tomatoes. I did not know the Medic score. Metacritic score. Uh, on IMDb, the movie has a 5.3, which if you know IMDb, that's not very good. Uh, once you get down below the sixes, that's kind of bad territory on imdb so overall bad reviews for robin hood it is again the one caveat a lot of people like to say that this is terrible Uh, this is not gutter scores there are movies that are like fully in the gutter below this score uh the scores from this indicate at least like a modicum of competency uh and 
I don't clarify this often, but on Rotten Tomatoes, 15% sounds really bad. But what that actually means is that 15... 85% of people did not think this was a good movie. They didn't recommend it, is what it is. <laughs> yeah. And 15% of people actually went as far to recommend this movie, which is... What do you think is more weird or more atrocious, that 15% recommended this movie or 2% didn't recommend Return of the King? Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I'll come back to you. Yeah, get back to me on that. <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, we but, always got to tie it back into the Lord of the Rings. But there's always like the the thing that's lost in the Rotten Tomatoes score is just the shades of gray where there's like people that might have given the movie a five out of ten. Yet that is ultimately deemed a not recommend. So in the Rotten Tomatoes calculus that goes in as a zero. So which is not actually accurate. So 15% while, while it looks bad on the face, it's actually not quite as bad. It's still very bad to have a 15%, but I just want to kind of give this movie slightly the benefit of the doubt that there is something going on more so than, say, a, uh, I don't know, name a very bad movie. Uh, Neverending Story Part 2. There you go. Uh, <laughs> our baseline. Yeah. That is our baseline. You're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. I can't believe we've gone over a hundred episodes, Irina, and somehow that is still it's still the, the worst. worst movie. Yeah. So the movie released in November 21st, which is uh, that's the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, also in theaters at the time were the films Ralph Breaks the Internet, Creed Two, Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald, The Grinch, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh gosh. That's unfortunate for for this movie. <laughs> the movie was budgeted at a hundred million, big budget, uh, for a uh, wait. What, did you say a hundred? Hundred million. <laughs> what do y'all think this movie did worldwide? And uh, since it's AJ's miniseries, I will come to you last, give you the uh, benefit here. You'll get the cherry on top at the end of this prediction, Arena. Hmm. I'm gonna go with sixty. 60. David. <sighs> so this was going against a lot of good movies. Like, so this is, I mean, Ralph breaks the internet. I know did well. I know that, um, was it Creed two came out mm -hmm. a, a good movie as far as I'm aware. Uh, there was a couple other fantastic beasts. Fantastic. Yeah. Crimes of Grindelwald. That was up there. There's the Grinch. The yeah. There's movie. so many movies. Bohemian up there. Rhapsody. And that's the, yeah, exactly. All yeah. of those movies. Every David? single time you said that, I was like, that's another movie that I feel yeah. like outdid this. And yet um, I was not going to theaters during this time. I don't remember <laughs> any of these in theaters. They were all big. I'll just say that. But I'll, hey, I'll maybe that means them. this one was also big. Sure. Everyone was just going to every single movie. Uh, I, I'm gonna go 100 on the dot. 100. All right. So it we barely got it back. 60 it barely on the it. map, and we have 100 on the map. Uh, AJ, I'll split the difference. Screw this movie. 80. 80. Mm. AJ, you're close. No. No. <laughs> uh, AJ made a, in the movie made 86 I was million. Win. Uh, close enough. Uh, this that would have been okay if the movie cost 30 million dollars. Uh, yeah. However, the movie did not cost $30 million. It, in fact, costed $100 million. Uh, and if you know what I the, the math I typically, typically go by to uh, assess a movie's success, it must make around, give or take, three times its budget. 
uh, because that also weirdly like marketing and all that advertising is not factored into a movie's budget. Uh, so yeah, this movie cost a lot more than a hundred million. Where did all that money go? Uh, costuming. I think this movie. The, I, I'll say this movie doesn't look like a hundred million dollars, but it does look like fifty to sixty million dollars. Yeah, so like, I could see that some of the budgets on the screen. I'll say, but I. Is it in the actors, you think? Maybe Jamie Foxx. Mm. Like, Jamie Foxx is the one that I see costing yeah, a yeah. pretty penny to get on here. I heard $20 million went to U2's next album. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, what you didn't know is Bono got a free download of this movie on his iPhone. Um, <laughs> that was a callback to your joke, AJ. I don't know if you appreciated that. Uh, all right. Movie didn't do well, but did it want a sequel? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it 100% did? 100% did. Okay, so this movie cl- blatantly it screams sets it. up. It's no like Mac and me, but... Like, I wouldn't even... This is one of those few movies where, yes, I did do research, but I would have been confident even if I had not done research going in that, yeah, this movie wanted a sequel. Because the last 15% of it is devoted to setting up what's coming next. It is like, oh, you have Jamie Dornan's character as the next. Oh, this is like the legitimate sheriff of Nottingham, right? This is going to be the actual big... Ba- this is this is Thanos, actually. Let's go that far, right? This is our Thanos in uh, the Robin Hood universe. Um, yeah, that, that, that didn't happen. But director Otto Bathurst very much wanted to return to direct a sequel. Taron Edgerton very much more on the fence about it. Uh, he actually lucked out as or he didn't even luck out, but he was he uh was interviewed and basically they they asked him if he wanted to return for a sequel and he was like or or if he was signed on to a sequel and he's like I actually didn't sign on for a sequel and I'm kind of he didn't say he was glad about it, but he was like I didn't want to be tied down to too many franchises. He's tied down to the Kingsman, Kingsman yeah. movies. A very diplomatic answer. Yeah, but of course he did give that like Oh, but I, you know, love the universe. I love doing all this stuff. Um, but let's go to an interview with the director, uh, Otto Bathurst. And this is from Metro.us. Uh, so the title of this article, Will, Will There Be a Robin Hood 2? Here's what uh, Taron Edgerton and, his direct, and its director told us. And this is an article by uh, Gregory Wakeman. Uh, so, Otto Bathurst has opened up a, a potential sequel to Robin... Uh, sorry, has opened up about a potential sequel to Robin Hood, admitting that discussions have already been had about what the follow-up would entail. Quote, This film is an origin story. It is really the birth of Robin Hood. We see him become Robin Hood. He doesn't step into Robin Hood's boots until the last 15 or 20 minutes of the movie. Bathurst explained. I'm sorry, Quote, what? <laughs> yeah. Of course... There is more story to be told. Of course, we discussed there being more. Of course, everyone would love there to be more. Right, guys? That was me adding a little flavor oh, to yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I heard it. Uh, filmmaking is a business. If you can churn out more of the same and make a ton of money, no one is going to say no to that. Mm. And when a director says they're going to churn out more of the same, that doesn't really inspire confidence no. in what's going Did he look at the reviews? <laughs> I don't know. But do you, when, when you're trying to direct a piece of art, do you consider it 
I guess I'll churn I'll out, just another, churn out piece another piece of another Yeah, churn out is rarely well, a good also that just churn something. That <laughs> makes it yeah. That makes it sound just so uh, they're being so self-assured that they know exactly what everybody wants. It's like, oh yeah, it's just so easy to make movies. I'll just I'll just make another one. He is the sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> anyway, it continues. Quote, there is nobody at Lionsgate and anyone who's involved in the film who wouldn't want to make another one if it is a hit. Oh, my God. It, de- <laughs> it depends entirely on whether people have an appetite for this and like, uh, what, uh, and like what we have done and the version of the story we are uh, telling. Uh, Bathurst was even willing to go into detail about the story that's been discussed for a potential Robin Hood sequel. Quote, we are really interested in what happens to the sheriff and watching a politician become corrupted. He has just got power. So we would want to see what he would do with that power. Quote, this obviously resonates very much in the world today. There are politicians coming from nowhere, grabbing power, uh, watching what he does, what goes on behind the scenes, seeing the jealousy torment him over the relationship between Robin and Marion. Plus, there's Robin and Marion's relationship itself. Can Robin step up to what Marion expects him to be? He did not say that. This He did, he did not say <laughs> yes, that. Yes, he did. Oh my gosh. Also, what is Marion... Like, Robin Hood did all the noble work that you do. Uh, Tuck is so fascinating, too. He has a deep faith and love of God, but hates the company he works for. There's a lot more that we can bring to it. Uh, we certainly won't be watching Robin galloping around Sherwood Hor- Fort Horace. Horace. <laughs> there you go. Forest and stealing from the rich people and giving to the poor. Those films have been made. Our ideas are always left field. Uh, are, are, are always left field of what has been served up before. Well, shut up. Like, just <laughs> shut up. Uh, I'm going to keep going because we're almost done. Oh, here. no, not you. But <laughs> but is Bathurst, and this is from the uh, the uh, writer uh, of the article, but is Bathurst actually interested in returning to direct Robin Hood 2? Question mark. Quote, for sure. Of course, it depends on where that journey goes. I think it is a really cool and important story. This one was a tough film to make because we were trying to squeeze a lot into the can. There's a love story in there, a buddy movie in there. There's all kinds can, of stuff. as in the commode. <laughs> and thematic stuff about religion and corruption. It depends on what that oh balance in a sequel what might be. What movie was be. this? I don't, what is he talking about? While Bathurst is clearly, in, and this is the author, and while Bath, Bathurst is cl- clearly interested in returning to Sherwood Forest, Taron Edgerton is yet to actually sign up for Robin Hood 2, as he didn't want to be attached to another franchise alongside Kingsman. And this is Edgerton. I said I wouldn't do that. They gave me options, so they didn't make me sign up for sequels, which was a dream scenario for me. I kind of wanted to just end it. it. I kind of <laughs> want to just, just end, it, end it there. <laughs> I mean, that is a dream scenario, I would say. He continues. I'll finish it off just to be fair. Kingsman has been a great thing in my life, but it is an odd feeling being contractually obligated to do something. It is an odd feeling of being slightly owned. I felt like I didn't want to renew that. So as much as I wanted to do the movie, I didn't want to be in a position where I had to do a second one if I didn't want to. And the studio very kindly wanted to go with me anyway. Robin Hood is now in theaters. All so right. So <laughs> right. It was. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, guys, Robin Hood 2, y'all down? No. Look, honestly, 
Give him a shot. No. Just like, come on. No. Come on. No. <laughs> no. Come on, If you're going to do Robin Hood, got to do something different. I'm not following give me some of that any further. Give me some of that dirty bath-watered Bathurst. <laughs> what? What's that? Yeah, churn something out for me. <laughs> churn something out for me. Churn out another thing. <laughs> give me some of uh, that. Uh, what, what, what is the phrasing he said? Churning. That's what, that's what he said. That, I will say, reading that interview made me not... Feel as bad about scoring it low, criti- scoring this low, Makes criticizing. Me not it. want to watch anything this guy's ever been involved in. It. I want to lower no, my score okay, now. So yeah. this it weirdly makes sense now, but when I was watching this movie, it just felt like he was he was trying to push all these thematic things that I'm. It feels like a a film student would know. Like, oh yeah, this is what this is what people talk about. So yeah. I'm gonna put that in. But it comes from a very elitist perspective mm-hmm. where i felt like yeah. he he didn't really have anything to say about the struggle of the poor other than like oh yeah there are poor people and you know their lives just suck and What's i don't like? know why they suck but you yeah. know so <laughs> this guy it, is a moron that thinks his thoughts are deep even though they're you know juvenile he thinks his own stuff doesn't stink i don't know i don't and have much respect for honestly, this guy. Honestly, I lower my score to a three. Honestly, the the <laughs> way he was explaining the movie sounded like he was trying to set the narrative ahead of time. Where he, you know, he, one of those lines over there was pretty much him saying like, "Well, you know, if people don't like it, that's kind of their fault," sort of a thing. Mm, like they right. they don't understand <laughs> my brilliance. They don't understand it. <laughs> anyway, there, there you have it. Um, <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> Robin Hood. Uh, it is what. It, Okay, it is a product. I'll say that. Yep. You know? Yep. It functions. Good job, Lionsgate. He churned out one of those, and it was definitely, uh, I saw it. So. (laughs) Into the can. Yep. All right, so that sums up our covering of uh, Otto Bathurst's Robin Hood 2018. Next week, we're going to a director that has a bit more of a... uh, filmography to his name uh that being ridley scott we're talking about the russell crowe fronted robin hood movie that came out eight years prior to robin hood that's right we're going backwards this time in the franchise history we're not these are disconnected so it's we're, we're fine we can do it there's no connective tissue between these robin hoods they're all technically remakes or reinterpretations of a the original source material so yeah, next week, the 2010 Robin Hood, directed by Ridley Scott. I'm excited to see how this movie holds up. I saw it in theaters. Obviously, we'll get to that next week when we talk about if we've seen it or not, but I'm rambling. I'm excited, guys. Yeah. I think um, this was a good palate cleanse, and <laughs> I think it is very much beneficial. This is very much working in this movie's this next movie's favor that we are coming off of this one i expect uh slightly higher than normal scores for uh the uh ridley scott adaptation <laughs> and i could be wrong maybe y'all are able to completely wipe this from your minds and watch the n- next one very objectively well everyone um, knows ridley scott doesn't do movies as well as bathurst does that's true <laughs> i'm a big bathurst head so it's going to be hard to <laughs> Like bath salts. <laughs> uh, yep. Next week, Robin Hood 2010, Ridley Scott, Russell Crowe. See you then. 
Goodbye, guys. Bye. You should have killed me. Everyone thinks I'm dead, so this must be hell. 